0: Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years and that's because you all continue to buy and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled dot com with the promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code TSFS. Oh my God. I love it when the guests show prep. It's amazing. Every single person. I'll, oh, I'll tell you. Sarah! 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 From Hate for H. It's a podcast. not a cast pod.
1: Hate hey, phrase, H! Yeah, DC Improv. It's a podcast. It's not a cast pod. Hate <laughs> hey, phrase, Yeah, DC Improv.
0: Yeah! Welcome to the Hate for H podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Frazier, and today he's back by popular demand as well. Eric Sanchez is here. I don't
1: know if it's by popular demand, but I'm here. <laughs> well, it was Whether by demand. Whether you like it or not, it's happening. It was
0: by demand. <laughs> you were like, hey, I want to come back on. I'm like, dude, I need yeah, somebody. Yeah, I think so. I begged
1: you and you let me in. <laughs> come back. <laughs> it's fine. You were
0: awesome. <laughs> no, and I was just saying to you, we were kind of joking about it. The part that's amazed me is every single person that has guest hosted, the the little kind of unknown fact is, is I show prep all the time for this, right? There's Absolutely. so much behind the scenes reading and all this. Prep. Oh my God! And you can't even begin to understand all the issues and topics. But I try to send the guests before, just like some stories, and go, "Hey, read what you can." We'll talk about this stuff. And every single person is show prepped. And you were saying this morning, you read all the articles.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I felt like, uh, to be frank, I felt like. I wish this was a, a a weekly newsletter that I would just read. Like, it's a daily digest really? of, of everything I, I want to know about, so this is perfect.
0: What, by the way, um, okay, good. Well, you'll be the teaser then for today's show. What stories do you like the best that you want to talk about?
1: Well, you know, I, I definitely want to talk about this beef jerky bouquet thing. Because I didn't even know that was a thing, but I definitely have some thoughts on that.
0: Okay, beef jerky bouquet is real. We'll uh, talk about that. Okay.
1: Perhaps Beer yoga.
0: Beer yoga is also real. We'll talk about that.
1: Uh, and this milk Discount or rebate or refund. Yes. Beginning.
0: And you live in the District of Columbia, right? I
1: sure do. And it, I want that milk money. Come it, on, let's go. <laughs>
0: you live in D.C., you're getting $75 back, and I'll tell you why. This is amazing. Perfect. So all that's coming up, we got to thank our fabulous sponsor, uh, CalTort. If you are planning a party, an office party, or a family party, birthday party, swap those soggy subs and sandwiches for fresh made fajitas and tacos with the help from California Tortilla Catering. They cater. Visit caltort.com slash catering or call 855-CALTORT to book yours today. You can also download their awesome app by just visiting their website, caltort.com. So thanks, Mm. Caltort. All right. Well, all those stories are coming up. How are you doing in this, you know, I mean, Trump is president. Like, how are you feeling? What's going on?
1: Uh, The city is fucking eerie right now. (laughs) Do you think so? Oh, my God. I was, uh, I was walking to the gym yesterday and it's like, I see a smattering of, of, you know, obviously the women's march signs. um, And it's like, you're also seeing the official signs for this inauguration and everything that's happening around it. And it's it's hard. You know what I mean? It's like hard facing the realization. On top of that, everything that's happened in the past couple of weeks with the Obama farewell and this transition, it, it it's a a a series of conflicting emotions. It's, you know, it's difficult.
0: What is your prediction, by the way? Because, you know, you've worked in politics your whole life. Absolutely. And, by the way, Eric is fantastic. You need to follow him. And you, I admire so much, because you are, like, the king of Kickstarter, of GoFundMe. It's my favorite thing about you. I
1: love this ego shower. I'll just keep it all day. I mean, (laughs) honest
0: to God, you, you know, some of the ones you're most famous for, Kenny Loggins playing in your living room. And then on top of that, Jose Andreas. I always forget that one, but that's massive. And Jose has not forgiven you when Jose Andres pulled out... He should.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he should. Although he'd be making a lot of money, I feel, at this point. <laughs> but but,
0: too bad. Yeah. You were amazing at that. But you started the campaign to get him to pull out of Trump Hotel when that was first bill, and he right. did.
1: He did. And it, you know, it seems really weird that uh, I managed to kind of start this movement to get this restaurant out of the hotel of, of someone who's going to be our sitting president. You know what I mean?
0: Right, because when you launched that well, had Trump announced that he was running, or his
1: this? Uh, this was a month after he announced, and he had that announcement where he was just shitting on immigrants, and so that's right. Yeah, just going nuts. And so when I saw that, uh, I had known that Jose Andres was going to open up this restaurant, but this was before Trump was running, and at the time I didn't care until Trump was running, um, and so you know I started change petition. Uh, Within nine days, we had about 3,000 signatures, which isn't a whole lot. But then when you add to that, all the media momentum that was happening around it. Oh, it
0: was enormous. It was
1: awesome. And so uh, sure enough, Jose decided, told the Post that he was going to divest. Out of that, out of that hotel. Brilliant, which, and which was at the time amazing because you know I've been to the hotel. I want to go check it out.
0: I have walked in the lobby. So yeah. I, I've walked in the lobby when we went to try and we did the election night party. The the crazy like that's right. You know we had the wall and Hillary Clinton's email server, and we went there, and they were actually very very polite. So they were well seasoned, right. um, but they would not rent us a suite. And so they would right. rent us a room for $700, but I was like, fuck that. We're just going to have it at the Improv. But uh, but anyway, I've never been there for a drink or anything to eat.
1: Yeah, I went there for a drink, and, and this was before the election. Uh, I obviously haven't been back there since, but it was dead. And really? they, they, they had to reduce their hotel prices by a couple hundred bucks. I mean, there were articles about its its future being unknown. And like now, at least from what I've heard, it's just this bustling empire of stuff going on they've raised their drink prices by uh 14 bucks plus and it's just Well,
0: why do you think that is? Because you were saying to me, you know, you and I, I feel like, are alike in the sense we, but we have friends on both sides of the aisle, right? right? You know, I I don't care really. I enjoy actually engaging with people that are conservative or you know, Democrat, whoever. So, but you were saying a lot of your friends who sort of said, "I'm not going to participate," now are sort of falling in line.
1: Absolutely, and I, I always say this: I'm like, Democrats fall in love, Republicans fall in line you know and oh, it's really? it's so true whether we're looking at like on the democratic side our candidates or you know positions or jobs like it's really hard to make everyone happy and appease all sides. But with Republicans, I feel like there's far less scruples. It's like I see my friends who swore that they would never fall in line with Trump, that they swore that, you know, he would never be their choice and they wouldn't vote for him. But now that it's already an inevitability and he's elected and it's happening and he's going to take the oath of office tomorrow, uh, you know, they've all kind of folded over. They're going to the parties. Uh, They've submitted their resumes. They'd like to work for him. And it's all this. It's just it's sad. It's sad to see that, you know, kind of just... The moral compass bending toward opportunity. And in some senses, I understand it. Like, I I never want to dissuade someone from, you know, reaching out to... to uh, grabbing new opportunities, but at the same time it all comes at a cost. It's like are you really going to sell your soul out just because you see that you might be able to get a position within the, within the administration? it's Yes! It's crazy.
0: It's a, it shocks me. It's yeah. the same way I have mixed feelings and look, you know, I'm not black. I don't really get a say in it. But I will say like the whole Steve Harvey thing. Steve Harvey was a big <laughs> yeah. critic of him. And then it's like all these people get called by Trump and they all go right. and they all, you know, sit there and go Well, wow, you should really listen to him. He was Very, you know, he was very humble. He was very, you know, and then, like, even Martin Luther King Jr.'s son, I'm like, oh my fucking God, they all go. Right. Which, I understand because, like, I say on this podcast, look, I would talk to anybody, right? But I feel like a lot of people go out and make the statement of, I'll never do this, I'll do, and then they go. Right. I don't know. They see it's, the opportunity on the wall, they just pursue yeah. it. It's crazy. Speaking of, one of the stories that I would sent to you is Mark Zuckerberg. There's rumors that Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, could be running for president in 2020. Would you get behind that?
1: Uh, ever since the poke feature on Facebook, I don't think I could support Zuckerberg for president. The, what, what was it? The poke feature. The, <laughs> I mean, it's just not going to happen. He just—he seems like a, a really quirky guy. I just couldn't see him going to, like, Iowa or any of these, you know, early primary states and really wooing voters over.
0: I, he does seem to have no personality. That is true.
1: He seems just dry, like, you know, a real wet blanket.
0: Uh, by the way, he's the sixth richest person in the world. Uh, there's been rumblings by close friends that Zuckerberg is actually considering a run. That would be something else. Wouldn't that be wild? I mean, nothing's impossible now. And I would vote for him over Kanye West. Well,
1: I mean, I'd vote for pretty much anything. I'd vote for a sandwich (laughs) over Kanye West, if we're talking about. But, um, yeah, Zuckerberg. I guess, you know, you could say he could have a really easily uh, reachable network that he could tap into if he decided to run.
0: I know. Talk about, you would have an incredible, yeah, 32 years old. so... I, I mean, who knows if it's actually could just
1: reconfigure on. Facebook to be like, "Hey, you got to come vote for me. This is it." It could just be a Mark Zuckerberg presidential platform for the next three years. Wouldn't please. there be
0: so many conflicts of interest in that?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't think it matters. Apparently, conflicts of interest don't matter when you're when you're president. It doesn't matter. You can any run anymore. your hotels and be president at the same time. Doesn't matter.
0: Uh, you were really curious about this, and I never heard of it. But um, with Valentine's Day coming up, beef jerky bouquets are real. Were you excited about this?
1: I actually am excited about it, and I'll tell you why. Uh I remember when I was I used to go to some really divey bars like in my early 20s and you know around midnight that guy would come in with the roses Yes and nobody wanted those fucking roses. But I always thought to myself, I wish this guy just had a basket of chicken tenders. <laughs> I would totally, I'd totally pay five bucks just for one. So to see this happen, I and it sounds way more appeasing than those fruit uh, bouquets, the edible arrangements. So I'm, I'm on board with this, actually.
0: Don't those look amazing?
1: I, I would eat the fuck out of those if I got one.
0: So by the way, these, um, they say it with beef. Okay, sayitwithbeef.com is the website if you want to send these. And they're marketing them as bros sending them to bros on Valentine's.
1: <laughs> Day? Well, you know, I actually, um, uh, this was in 2011, I developed a, uh, an alternative to Valentine's Day for, for my guy friends. Me and my buddy Phil, it was called Brolentine's Day, we only celebrated a couple of times. <laughs> but it was basically, Day. it's on Urban Dictionary. If you, Urban Dictionary, I can't remember what the definition was, but it was basically a, a, a way for, for your guy friends to get together. Uh, you know, at some shitty dive bar, and just cheers to friendship. So this would be the perfect, the thing perfect
0: to ca- arrangement. Yeah.
1: yeah. Was, uh, so February fifteenth is always been Burlington Day. I think I'd like to see some of these come out.
0: Uh, you can get daisies or roses. They come in a beer mug. Um, oh wow! And they look in their these flower. Perfect. The beef jerky is actually like cut into. We got the flowers. definition here, right? Oh, here. you do. Yeah. So did you guys really celebrate that, by the way?
1: Oh, we did. We did it. Well, we did it for about three years. Uh, one year I was on the road and I met a new guy friend and I took him out to dinner. And I was like, dude, don't think this is weird. It's actually, I usually celebrate Brolentine's Day with my friends, but since I'm away from town, he thought it was really weird. I think he thought I was hitting on him. But So I have the definition here. This is great. The day after Valentine's Day, Bralentine's Day is an annual commemoration celebrating affection amongst your male peers. The day is named after unrecognized Greek deity, Brosidon, king of the Brosians, and was established in 2011. It's traditionally a day on which bros express their ex- appreciation for each other by presenting beers, offering high fives, and sending semi-cards. <laughs> this
0: sounds amazing! <laughs> oh my god, my boyfriend Dan would completely participate in that. I feel like that would be his favorite holiday
1: as well. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm glad I can promote it so early on so we can get prepped up for that.
0: Well, and here's the thing, you need to be looking out, because sayitwithbeef.com, like I just tried to order the Daisy... Bouquet, okay. you know, for a bro, and they say that they're actually out. Thanks to overwhelming interest in our products and publicity, uh, we're a little backordered. You read that right.
1: I mean, Bronte's Day is right around the corner. Where, I mean, it's less than a month away. We <laughs> they better hurry
0: the fuck up. Anyway, <laughs> oh, speaking of, I got to play our disclaimer. Although, Eric, you don't even really sl- swear. You're so good. I feel like you're not even. I
1: mean, I've done it a couple statement. of times. I'm feeling this more comfortable. Oh, legally
2: recognized yeah. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. Hey, for podcast, may not be suitable for all years.
1: Oh,
0: okay, Perfect. good. Yeah, there we go. Now we're clear. Uh, anyhow, so there you go. If you want to buy it for your guys, look out for that website. I thought that was genius. And you're right. That's another, what a million-dollar idea. Instead of going to the bars with roses. Because did they still do that, by the way? Uh,
1: yeah, no, they still do. And you know what was you're funny? kidding. Yeah, they still do that. But when I was in Chicago. Chicken and in tenders. some parts of Chicago, uh, after midnight, some guys will come in with, with these big baskets of tamales. Super smart. And I'm like, this is the best idea. Like, why don't we have that in D.C.?
0: Oh, my God. Do you want a patent pending? I know. Absolutely.
1: We just stroll in with food and sell it. Oh, my God. We got to
0: do that. Is there any sort of, like, do we have to get any licensing? Is it, like, a matter of health code or something? I
1: mean, I'd rather ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. So, let's, I mean. (laughs) Let's do
0: it. All right. Speaking of food, did you read this story? I'm not sure if I put this on the show prep or not. But um, healthy living and the secret to being, like, Aging less and living longer longer might be living near starvation points. Would you ever consider this? I'm going to
1: throw the bullshit flag on that. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, yeah, if you starve yourself, you're going to maybe lose weight. But then you're also, wouldn't you be malnourished?
0: Miserable. Well, here's the... Okay, so the study looked at monkeys, by the way. They've not done this on humans. It's a really long article, but it was a collaborative effort from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and the National Institute of Aging. And it shows that caloric restriction can improve health and survival in monkeys. Um, The study took a look at... And I got to say, it's pretty amazing. And they've been doing this to these monkeys for like 15 years. So you're not exactly starving, but you're... Like, close.
1: I (laughs) did a three-day juice cleanse once. I did did a three-day juice cleanse once, and all I wanted to do was kill myself.
0: Look at how young... Okay, so there's a picture. The monkey on the right, for the past 15 years, has been living near starvation. That monkey looks damn good. This one has been eating, like, the American diet. And i got to say, it looks old. And it looks kind of fat.
1: Yeah, but that other one looks really sad. <laughs> like, he looks really broken inside. Like, he'd give anything for a Hot Pocket. Like, come on.
0: <laughs> Would you ever consider doing this?
1: I've done a juice cleanse. I'd never do anything remotely close to that. That mm-hmm. was terrible. The
0: juice cleanse was, what, three days?
1: Three days. And, and it was the worst three days ever.
0: What was so terrible about you? You're just so hungry?
1: Oh, my God. The worst part, I think, is watching TV. Because it's, like, you see an ad for anything. And it could be, like, shitty Burger King chicken nuggets. And you're, like, man, I would fuck up a nugget right now if I had one. And that's the, I think that's the worst part. But I just, like, I would go to sleep super early just to stop watching TV ads. Because I'm just, like, anything I see, I'm just, it's crazy.
0: But at the, the, I always hear with the juice cleanse. Because I've never done it. Like, my... I. I I get don't. very irritable. I eat very, you know, I very routine. I've got three meals a day. I don't snack in between. Okay. I eat dessert every day, but like a little handful. And I have a very delicate ecosystem. You eat dessert every day? Every day.
1: What's the usual dessert? I'm now I'm curious.
0: Um, okay, last night, so oftentimes I I live in Virginia over in Arlington and there's a mm-hmm. really delicious bakery there called The Bake Shop, called Bake Shut Shop. Up. A shout-out.
1: Future sponsor shout-out. <laughs> <Yeah>,
0: exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love if they would sponsor. But I usually go there once a week and buy cookies. Okay. And then I cut the cookies up into little corners. So I have, like, and I love variety. So I know this sounds crazy, but bear with me. I love it. So I have these little, like you know, three little triangles of the cookie, and then a couple pieces of dark chocolate. And I, I usually use my hand as the uh, measuring thing, you know, so just what fits in my my the palm of my hand. Right. And I eat that, so it satisfies my sweet tooth every day.
1: I think I like that. That's actually not a bad routine.
0: I could buy, like, I would buy a piece of pie from them, and then I'll have like a couple bites of the pie and stretch it over. This three is a days. restraint
1: I do not understand. <laughs> If you put a pie in front of my face, it's all gone. <laughs> right.
0: So it's all about mindful eating. It's like little slow bites, right. and it takes a lot less to be satisfied. But I have a delicate ecosystem. Like, I can't, you know, i got to eat at certain times, otherwise I get irritable or I want to fall asleep. So th- I've never been able to do the juice cleanse.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It It's a nice reset button, I think. But I used to buy into it a lot. And I think um, it's not really for losing weight, but I feel like it's more like for you to kind of appreciate the way you treat your body a little bit more. And by no means am I like a nutritional expert. Never has (laughs) happened. Seriously. I'll fuck up Shake Shack. It won't happen. But uh, I thought it was good, but at the same time, it's like there's so many other things you can be doing. And it's like uh, I remember a buddy of mine, this big Italian dude, he's just like, hey, guess what? The best diet is uh, eating, uh, eating within means and then working out. Mind blowing, right? Like that's mind blown. mind blown, and I'm just like, yeah, I guess you're right. And I think about times where I felt more healthy, and, and that was exactly what I was doing. was just being and mindful of diet.
0: Here's my last question about this, though. At the end of the juice cleanse, everybody that I've talked to, like, they're all with you. They say it's miserable, they hate it, but then by like day three or day four, they're like, all of a sudden, you hit this incredible amount of energy.
1: That is true. It happens because it's like you're pumping your body just full of nutrients and stuff like that and taking all the toxins out and all this other stuff. And the boost of energy is really nice. But then it's like – and you spend maybe like a week or two afterwards being a little bit more mindful of your eating choices. But then after that – Something happens, or you're like out with friends, and then you're at a brunch, and it just gets all undone.
0: All undone.
1: <laughs> it gets all undone.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, did you see this video recently of um, the doctor who was hypnotizing patients and then basically like touching them and, and groping them? Did Doesn't you see the story this story
1: pop up like every five years?
0: It does. It does, actually. Uh, police set up a sting in November 2014. So this has been going on for a while after yeah. a woman claimed that Michael Fine, a former divorce attorney, so sorry, he, he's not a doctor, an attorney, used. Hypnosis or hypnosis in an attempt to take advantage of her sexually. Uh, this is, happened out of Cleveland. The victim returned to fine's office with a hidden camera to help police with their investigation. So I'm just like, th- there, I have so many questions with this. Obviously, it's terrible, but I think to myself, has anyone ever gone to a divorce attorney and uh- thought... Hey, it's normal that they want to then hypnotize me? Uh I mean, what?
1: That is, uh, yeah, that is really weird.
0: <laughs> right? I mean, wouldn't you, uh, like, here, I'll play a little clip, by the way. I think this is him trying to hypnotize. the
2: old attorney would try to relax her before meetings using hypnosis. Okay. She realized he was actually trying to take advantage of her sexually.
1: Each time I say the word, you sleep, you're going to go deeper and deeper ten times <laughs> deeper. One, two, three, sleep. This is so creepy. One, two,
2: three,
0: three, sleep. three, three, <laughs> three, three sleep.
2: One, two, three, In sleep. In September 2016, fine-led two, guilty to putting five other women in similar trances. Prosecutors say the victim with the hidden camera went to police when she realized she had lost track of time after a previous meeting and her clothing was disheveled.
0: Uh, who go This is my question, though. Like, I just don't understand. I've never been to a... I mean, don't you go red flag when you're trying to get divorced and the guy goes, hey, you know, what? I'm going to relax you. So, what, hypni- I'm going to hypnotize you. Once you go to your sleep.
1: What would you need to be calm for in order to, to meet your divorce attorney? attorney? That's what I want to know. Like,
0: well, I can see how being at a divorce attorney would be. You stressful. get all fired up. You get all fired up. You're emotional. You could be losing everything. So, okay, fair enough, right? Yeah. But I mean,
1: I just—I have, I have more questions than answers here, <laughs> to be honest. Me too.
0: Me too. These poor women. But there's like six women, and he's pled guilty to hypnotizing them.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that sounds right. But how do you how do you go from going from your law degree into hypnosis for this very? pattern. Like, where did this idea start for this guy?
0: I know, right? <laughs> and here's my thing. Have you ever been hypnotized or ever, like, been at a comedy show where they've tried to hypnotize you? I do
1: not think it was actually a real thing that's possible.
0: Exactly. There's always, like, a lot of debate of if they can really hypnotize you. So that's yeah. my thing is, like, I, what? I mean, I have so many questions, too. Right. Because you're already not that relaxed, probably, when you're at your attorney's office. Then sure. he tries to hypnotize you. But does hypnosis really work? I, I'm just so confused
1: Apparently it does For this guy And he diddles And that's what happens <laughs> Diddles that In that, oh my in that God. order
0: the Diddles might be like Up there with moist That might be like oh. One of those words That's so bad Diddles I mean oh diddlers God, that diddle me, That's what they do That made me laugh That's hysterical <laughs> You ever shop At the dollar store
1: uh, You know, it's been... My grandmother used to love going to the dollar store. I
0: know. And there's so many dollar stores in Maine, so I've been to so many. And I found this article, Aids Insider Secrets, that you don't I know about this. the dollar store. Yep. I thought this was great.
1: I just... I feel like they just sell shit, and that's why I don't go. <laughs> they do. And what's so funny is that most of the shit they sell, they sell at CVS for ten times more. <laughs>
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, All the things. Really, I didn't think there was anything super interesting about this, except for the fact that they do actually pay their employees pretty well. If you're a manager there, you can make anywhere from forty thousand dollars, and some managers who have been there fifteen years make eighty grand. That's incredible. So I didn't think they even treated their employees that good. But they they don't even shop
1: at the dollar store anymore, (laughs) making that dollar store money. They go to Whole Foods.
0: Uh, The unofficial biggest seller may or may not surprise you. The biggest steady seller for a single item. Any guesses as to what it is at the dollar store?
1: Well, having read the article, I know.
0: Oh, you do know.
1: (laughs) It's cigarettes. But, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's not surprising, right?
0: 600 packs are sold weekly at the store. And, you know, I mean, the, the biggest thing, too, about the dollar store is really not everything there is a dollar.
1: Right. Now... With the cigarettes, are they selling name brands? Like, are we talking like Parliament's or Marlboro's? Are we talking like. You know, Salem's. And...
0: I, I'm thinking it's Salem's, right? Because the yeah. biggest thing is dollar stores don't sell items that are faulty or broken. They're discounted for a different reason. Um, a manager there who did an AMA says, I assume like any other retailer, the product is so cheap because it's bought in a massive bulk quality, which se- quantity, which seems true. Right. Uh, to be honest, most of the products that aren't food are made in China, so you can probably guess why it's so cheap. So it sounds like everything is just either super yeah. discounted because it's bulk, knocked off. Made in China.
1: Well, I mean, my parents used to buy me toys at the dollar store, which totally made sense because I would just break them anyway. Yeah. So it's like, why should I have nice shit? Like, just take this toy gun. that's going to break after, you know, three pulls of the fake trigger or whatever. Might as well get it there. Um, but the laundry part makes sense. I feel like I'd, I would buy laundry detergent or things like that from the dollar laundry store. Laundry like products
0: are considered the biggest deals there, according to customers.
1: Right. So right. where
0: you'll pay 10 bucks for $15, you can get anything there for a couple dollars for laundry products. So that's yeah. pretty good.
1: But like you said, it's supposed to be a dollar store. Why are things over a dollar at the dollar store? <laughs> That is misleading.
0: That is misleading, (laughs) right? Isn't that their biggest thing? Yeah. Uh, The most shoplifted items, too, are odd. The most shoplifted items is a tie between clothes and Tide Pods, according to a manager. People were just slicing open the Tide Pod pouches and dumping them into a bag. Uh, But I've seen lots of stupid things get stolen, like two packs of hot cocoa mix out of a box, a few trash bags out of a box, a few Ziploc bags out of a box.
1: There was one.
0: Done, I've done that actually.
1: There was one dollar store in Fairfax, and they were selling used underwear. <laughs>
0: <No> <laughs> True way, story. No way. I
1: swear, what? I remember this. I was in high school. I'll never forget it. it. Did
0: this make the news?
1: It should have. And this was <laughs> <laughs> this was before we had cameras on phones. There's no way it was going to make the news at that time. But they just had these big bins of used underwear, and I was like, "This is fucking gross." I, I don't know. If, I don't know if that place is still around. This what? was in Fairfax, though.
0: Did they advertise that It was. You, like, how did you know it was used? I mean,
1: I didn't. It, it literally said used <laughs> underwear, like six pairs for a buck. And I, I was just like, I did not see that shit in the circular. <laughs> that's, not, that's not coming out over there. But I remember I was in high school. I was kind of like jarred. I was like, that's disgusting. But I guess there's a market. Well, you know, they There do is say, a
0: market for it. Now you can sell your used underwear on eBay. Like, people make a
1: living. Yeah, and then there are some parts in, in different parts of the world where you can buy used underwear in vending machines. But it's, oh. if you're into that type of thing, oh. i have write it on like Gawker. Okay, I don't know this first firsthand. <laughs> I have no idea about this. <laughs> Only but,
0: one time in Fairfax.
1: That's right.
0: Oh, my God. That is amazing. Oh,
1: yeah, there's, uh, there's a market for everything.
0: Anyway, there's some inside news <laughs> for you. I, I didn't even realize that. Um, we were talking about this, but there's a class action lawsuit against the milk industry. And if you live in D.C., you could be owed up to $70.
1: Absolutely. Wasn't this crazy? I'm getting every one of those dollars.
0: So if you've purchased milk since 2003, and you specifically live in Arizona, California, Kansas, South Dakota, Vermont, West Virginia, D.C., and bought milk or fresh milk products like half and half yogurt, oh, I have bought yogurt, cream cheese, and others, in at least 14 years or so, then you could file a claim requesting a payout. Uh, the settlement doesn't require you to provide proof that you purchased milk. You'll have to declare under penalty of perjury that you bought that online. Um, and you could be getting anywhere from 45 that. to $70.
1: I mean, you'd be utterly insane not to file a claim for this. Am I right?
0: There you go. Am I right? Boom. Hey. I need a, uh, there's the pun. I love that. It was all part of um, a $52 million settlement of a class action antitrust lawsuit that accused the dairy industry of conspiring to artificially inflate milk prices. That's insane. Who knew that? By slaughtering hundreds of thousands of cows, thereby reducing the nation's milk supply. What? Is someone going to jail for that? I
1: would hope so. I, I mean, mean, big milk's getting out of control, apparently.
0: They actually killed <laughs> these cows to lower. Them? That's insane. Yeah. They should be doing more than that.
1: Yeah, I know. But apparently, we're all getting paid for it. So that's. that's so
0: that's worth it to you? It's like, oh,
1: well.
0: It's a cow's life of fucking up. They, at 70 least, they, they didn't at
1: least turn that. They didn't, we didn't get any meat out of this. These were. I mean. And and this is me not knowing a lot about agriculture. Me neither. I mean, I would assume, are are there just milking cows? There there are cows for meat and there's cows for milk. mm -hmm. So they were killing milk cows, but not getting milk from the cows.
0: Correct. And not getting meat either.
1: That's messed up.
0: Hero breads. Oh my gosh. Chefs I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Doctor John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Doctor John's podcast because he was doing the topic of Are Youth Travel Sports Ruining Families? Well, Doctor John Delani has over twenty years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions, and this is actually That is fucked up.
1: You're yeah, right. I'm not. A, I'm not for that. If
0: you think you live in one of the states, you can go to BotMilk.com and then you just put in your info, and they're going to send you a check. That's amazing.
1: Clever. A riff off of the Got Milk campaign. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Bot Milk instead. <laughs> Speaking of campaigns, are you working on another one, another GoFundMe or anything? What do you have up your sleeve?
1: Nothing right now. I mean, I'm. I'm really. I am really interested to see what happens once. Uh, once we get into this new presidency. I feel like a lot of the work that I'll, a lot of the work that I want to do at this point will come at, uh, you know, understanding what happens at the crossroads of official Washington and local Washington, you know? And it's like, I was, um, I was meeting with the chief of police office uh, right before Christmas. And it's like the the shitty thing for us. It's like, there's going to be so many different uh, types of actions that happen around official Washington. But as a result, local Washington always gets shit on, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, when you think back to the the incident at Common Ping Pong, uh, those were all D.C. squad cars coming out to protect us, while official Washington was largely quiet about what was happening. And it's like understanding the fact that I feel like we're going to have more of a community responsibility. In being able to uh, defend some of our safe spaces, understanding those different spaces, and figuring out what our roles as community members—whether wh- you know uh, we're influ- influence makers like you, or other people, or small business owners—right. Um, and so, right now, I've been taking the time to meet with uh, different people who have this type of impact on the community, and figuring out how we can build a network and like leverage our skill sets to be able to really defend the city in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And, that's a great one. That's you know, that's so, so good. I love, cause you do activism with a purpose and then activism, right. you know, for fun. And so you, you have a great balance. Yeah,
1: And it's great. It's like every person I get to meet and every one of these, you know, newer campaigns that have kind of further removed me from the fun, kitschy one I did to start this whole thing off. It's like, you know, being able to to uh, bring all these different voices together and seeing all the cool things that are, do- that are being done. I have
0: two questions to that. One, I don't know if you read uh, the story, but there was a CBS reporter that actually brought up Pizzagate again, kind of fueling the fire, yeah. and essentially doing a, an in-depth report of like, oh, was Pizzagate fake news, or just not really investigated? Do you feel like it's irresponsible for people to keep talking about Pizzagate, when now, in fact, it's proven to be not true? Well,
1: it's fun fine if they're talking about it from the sense that it's, it's a lie and that it's fake. And I feel like a lot of the things that I see, it, it's not closing that story. You know, it's not... Cl- and just last week, there was um, there was a guy from Louisiana who was arrested. Uh, he called the pizza place next door, Best of Pizza, and he said something along the lines of, you know, I'm going to show up there and finish what the other guy couldn't. Really? And, and it's like... And then there was a the guy over Christmas time who went into a church in New York and was shouting about Pizzagate and how it was real. And it's like, um, what's funny, I have a, not a doppelganger by face, but I have a doppelganger by name. This guy that lives in LA and he's a small business owner out there. He runs like a video production company and he's been hyping up this Pizzagate stuff. And I tried reasoning with him for a little while. But he was talking about his own small business, about something. I was like, hey, you know what would be really fucked up for your small business? If uh, this rumor got leveraged around it about how you're running a, uh, a child sex ring within you know, your office space. That yeah. would really fuck with your business, wouldn't it? And then obviously he defriended me after that. But it's like, you know, there are real consequences. I can't imagine uh, trying to run a business with this weird looming situation. And I got a chance to talk to... Um, James Elephantis over the break.
0: And James Elephantis is the owner, by the way. And the whole thing started because Elephantis is referenced in some of these Podesta emails, right?
1: Right. And that's kind
0: of how people then began to associate that there could be this elite child sex ring there and then and by the way this guy's name is Ben Swan um on CBS who this who just recently did a an update and CBS puts out the statement Ben Swan asks a very good question why is no one investigating this so as you can imagine it's fueled everybody again well
1: yeah and there's nothing to investigate like we've had uh, obviously we've had we've had the FBI come in and we've had so many different agencies intervene to say there's no sex ring happening here. This is not real. This is not... We've, they have investigated it. They, I mean, they've investigated the reports. Obviously, they investigated the emails. Here's his... <coughs> man
2: decided to investigate a D.C. area pizza place Here's his, his, his this news clip. This man club. right here, he carried a rifle into a pizza parlor, maybe part of a child sex trafficking ring. He goes on. Come from. Right. Now, to be clear, not one single email in the Podesta emails discusses child sex trafficking or pedophilia. That is a fact. But there are dozens of what seem to be strangely worded emails dealing with pizza and handkerchiefs. Self-described online investigators say that those words in the emails about pizza and the talk of handkerchiefs is code language used by pedophiles. So, so how did a D.C. pizza so parlor get pulled into the story? Well, again, read any mainstream report, and they indicate that Comet Ping Pong Pizza was somehow linked to this fake story and has no relation to anyone involved. But... The truth is, that's not true either. What media is ignoring is that the Comet Ping Pong Pizza place is actually referenced in the Podesta emails at least a dozen or so times. And that the owner of that place, James Alfantis, is a friend of John Podesta. He was actually named, this is kind of strange, by GQ magazine as one of the top 50 most powerful people in Washington. Yes, we're talking about a pizza parlor owner. Now, let's talk facts here. Does this seem there is strange no to you? solid it's, yeah, this evidence is all <laughs> that Comet Ping Pong Pizza is being used to run a child sex trafficking ring. But there are some very strange connections between Comet so, Ping Pong Pizza and a second pizza place two doors over, Besta Pizza, right. and the accusations of pedophilia. Now, this is where things start to get strange when you research the story. Now, to begin, I need to show you a 2007 unclassified FBI document. That document, according to the FBI, contains. Commonly used symbols by pedophiles to express their preferences. This preference is the strange part of the story. So wait, you see these images here. I, these are the images. Notice this one on the end, the triangle. That image signifies I mean, it, something it looks called. looks like a slice of pizza. <laughs> the pizza place <sighs> next door to Comet Ping Pong Pizza, Besta Pizza. Well, this was their logo until only a few weeks ago. Clearly, so you, you can see that the Besta logo actually contains oh, I mean, plus. Like here's the same of, image. I am going to show you again. So this is as this. that boy lover image. Interestingly, after Pizzagate investigators pointed this out, Best of Pizza changed their logo, and there it is now. They've removed the triangle. So
0: what do you... Okay, what's your whole take? I mean, Do you just think, like, it's all coincidence, or do you think this this Ben Swan guy really does have a point?
1: No. I think think it's all bullshit. And it's like, these self-described online investigators are just these people that have those eggs as pictures on Twitter, and they're all fucking insane. And it's like... (laughs) <laughs> you know, it, it, it when when this whole thing started. Once I got involved with it, there was a there was an article on a couple of these forums that. Dissected, you know, my LinkedIn profile and saw that I worked in Democratic politics, and they saw that the firm that I work with, uh, I, I work with two guys who used to work in the administration. So they did the whole thing where it's like the online version of taking strings and tying them to news articles. Yeah, and It's pictures like five, and
0: that. five degrees of Kevin Bacon. Exactly. Where then they go, oh hey, wait a minute, Eric, you've been there too. Right,
1: and it's like so they put this whole article together. That was like, they even brought in some of the other th- some other things that were like. You know, and if you look on his uh, Twitter bio, it says he's friends with Sinbad. So obviously, it's like Sinbad was on a TV show with Bill Cosby, who's been known, uh, you know, to treat. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. So it it was just this whole crazy string of shit, and I saw that, and I was just like, you know, even if I were to go into Comet right now with uh, my phone and did a Facebook Live video, went through every crevice of that place, people would just find a reason to say. Oh well obviously they moved the kids or whatever, all this other stuff and you know people it's just, are just
0: gonna believe, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're just gonna believe whatever the fuck they want to, and that's it's amazing. That, yeah. So it's like at first when I saw this stuff and people have said nasty things about me since I pursued that. But you know, there's no point. These are just ignorant people that are gonna believe whatever they want to believe. And all we can really hope is that they don't do what this one guy did and take a gun into one of those establishments, or one of the others. And that whole strip of... of and I don't know if you've been over to that. Strip I have.
0: Of, um, yeah, I used to go to Bucks Hunting and Fishing, which is right. next door for, um, for many years. I lived used to live around that neighborhood, okay. but I haven't been over there in years.
1: So they've all been affected. Like They've all gotten threats. They've all been tied yeah. into this whole situation. Uh, and that that whole road from Politics and Prose to Little Red Fox, all those other places. And they're all having to deal with this shit. And it's like, you know, it, it I don't think it'll die down. And that's the sad part. And And... For as much security as they have now, like how long can that last?
0: Right. I would imagine just financially, there's no way they can keep that up.
1: Right. It's going to be hard. And I know Besta had considered closing down, the other ones have not. But uh, in the meantime, hopefully they can, you know, at least sustain and keep the security. I just
0: wonder if it's irresponsible for legit news outlets to keep it going in an investigative series.
1: I mean, it'll just take another incident, I feel, you know, if something else happens. And so I hope it doesn't. But at the same time, uh, as long as the, the flames are being fanned, and I've said it before then There's people are stop yeah
0: uh, beer yoga is real and it's as strange as it sounds. sounds. It
1: sounds terrible
0: I've heard of <laughs> yoga, and then they have like a beer meetup afterwards, but this is actually drinking yoga. i mean, drinking beer while doing yoga.
1: The only Does thing', this thing I, seems strange The only thing I want during yoga is for it to end. <laughs> having done it a handful of times, it is miserable. And uh and I can't imagine. It's like it's hard enough drinking beer on a regular day in some points. I'm not a big beer guy. But I can't imagine that plus yoga being a real successful equation.
0: I can't either. But it is uh they actually drink beer while doing yoga. Mashable reports that the practice hails originally from Germany, of course, and is now soaring in popularity in Australia. Uh, But don't let those lighthearted drinking cultures fool you. The beer yoga company takes itself very seriously. They say that there's health benefits to certain beers, and so, in fact, that's why they have them.
1: That's absurd. I think it's absurd. How much beer are you supposed to drink throughout this session? Are we talking like six we Are we talking a few sips?
0: It looks like a pint. It looks like, a, from what I it's like a pint of beer, but even that seems like, oh, uncomfortable drinking and going down while you're
1: trying to, I live. don't think it would go down. I think it'd come right back up. <laughs> like, seriously. I think seriously. it could, too. Yeah. I think
0: it could, too. Um, all right. Last topic of the show. I want to know what you want to talk about. One, I'm, I'm oh. trying new churches and, and oh. you know, looking for a, possibly a new religion. Um, and I need some advice because it's very awkward when you were raised Catholic oh, and then you go to these other ones, right? Um, You sent me this picture of a listener who is having a no-technology wedding, which essentially was collecting all cameras. They don't want you to take any or get online. I agree with it. That one, or I'm going to Real Screen for the first time and pitching my own TV show. And I wanted to know if you have any help, any tips. So oh, my God. Which one of those three you want to talk about?
1: Uh, well, I want to talk about all three of them. <laughs> we could save the other two. But I am Sarah Kistler, listeners. Uh, she's, yes. She's doing the technology free wedding. I think that is a. An excellent idea.
0: Technology-free. Yes, Sarah and her husband have this really cute wedding sign that they put up, and it basically says, "Look, we've hired a photographer and a videographer, so put your camera, leave your camera, cell phone outside." You think that's fine or annoying in this day and age?
1: I think you know. I read an article about e etiquette a long time ago when it comes to weddings, and I have to imagine if you're shelling out the money to have a, a photographer and all this other stuff, the last thing you want is one of your drunk friends at your wedding. Posting up a grainy ass picture of you like dancing on the dance floor hammered. You know what I mean? But
0: well like, that's true. It is actually for the security of your own guests too, that's
1: true. Right. So I'm all for it. I think and, and also, other than that, it's annoying to have a bunch of people with their phones out, with the cameras doing all that stuff, while you're trying to enjoy the ceremony, just like anything else. I, I think it's a really good a really good practice to put into play.
0: I do, too. I just feel like I'm now so addicted to my phone. I'm like, oh, my God, but what if something happens? What if there's an emergency? I need my phone.
1: Well, I don't think they're saying you can't like take your phone out. I think they're just saying we don't need you documenting the wedding as it's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: No, I I, I think you're right. Although, I kind of got the picture. It was like, hey, leave your fucking phone outside. I mean, it wasn't like that. But
1: oh, like, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you're going to have to check that in the locker. But um, at the very least, I feel like respecting the bride and groom and letting them have the opportunity to pick the pictures that they want so they don't have to look at the ones of you shoving cake in each other's faces or whatever, at least. You don't even get to choose the filter in that scenario. They've already put it up in... in you know, uh, a filter that you didn't get to approve.
0: Unplugged weddings yeah. are real. Yeah, And I love Maybe it. Maybe you
1: don't want it in Valencia. You want it a different filter. Yeah. That's not your choice. They've already uploaded it. It's done.
0: Oh, we'll do this one really quickly. So, you know, I was raised Catholic my, my whole life. Yeah. But um, recently, I don't know, the Catholic Church hasn't been doing it for me. So I've been looking for other churches to go to. And so I just went to one for the first time um, over in Springfield, Virginia, that was um, an evangelical church. And so it was so interesting but it's really difficult when you are raised in like a church where it's mostly quiet and then you go to a ceremony where they're singing and then you like hold your hands up and say amen all the time. It's very awkward.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a bad Catholic. Like I go for maybe Easter and Christmas occasionally.
0: Cafeteria Catholic as I yeah, say.
1: I mean it's pick yeah, and choose what you like. Worst worst wine tasting you can ever attend. But um uh but that <laughs> took you a minute to think about that. It did, I'm going straight to hell for that knows. one. I'm Going straight to hell for that one on my end. That's so um, good. But but yeah, I don't know. It's like institutionalized religion. It's it's never been a thing for me. And it's like my parents don't really push it that much. Um so do you feel
0: like you need any sort of faith or do you feel like You don't need it. Like you identify more as an atheist.
1: I would probably say I'm an atheist at this point. My mother would hate to hear that, but it's like (laughs) so. My dad, my dad's Muslim. My mom's Catholic. My dad's not even really practiced. He hasn't been. To a mosque ever uh, since he, he immigrated from Iran. Okay. And so, uh, but my mother was big on it when she was growing up, and her mother made sure they went to church as a family every Sunday yep. and all that stuff. And we gave it a shot, but I would really, it was just nap time for me. Like I, I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. And it's like then when I got old enough to understand politics, and I remember seeing like the um, the ideological sheet of everything and the pro life rhetoric and all this other stuff, I was like, wow, I don't believe in any of this stuff. <laughs> like, well, I that's the hard part is yeah. a lot
0: of the stuff with the Catholic Church. They're still, you know, they're not for uh, gay marriage. Yeah. You know, they're not for equal marriage rights. Women can't. I mean, women can be on the altar as far as like altar girls now. But, you know, they can't become priests. They can't right. become deacons. They can't become, you know, so it's. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the hard part. And I think in some ways that's why I'm searching. And it's it's I like the Catholic Church, but it's still so old school and like everything, the presentation, the, you know, the church. And it's like, but my mom gets very upset. I got to have her on the podcast next week because she's like, you know, church isn't about all the, um, pomp and circumstance and it shouldn't be like an entertainment show. But I kind of want, why
1: shouldn't it, why shouldn't it be?
0: She feels <laughs> like that's not really like you shouldn't need song and dance and you know, all this stuff to get close to God. Like that's her opinion.
1: I mean, I'm a more of a by any means necessary type. So like whatever
0: it takes, right?
1: Yeah. Like if you're, if you're trying to hook people in, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a Catholic wedding before or, but it's essentially the same thing as a mass anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: But yeah. But it's, it is trying on the soul and then, uh, you know, <laughs> I soul. pun intended, uh, but then I, then I saw the movie Spotlight, and I was like, all right, fuck all this. I'm done.
0: I know, right? Doesn't <laughs> yeah. that get you fired up?
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh, my God. Eric, there's a conversation for another time. You've been amazing. Thank <laughs> you for being on this podcast. No, thank Where can you people, people follow you, by the way?
1: Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Eric M. Sanchez. And Eric is spelled with a CK because my parents wanted to give me a really hard time. <laughs> but, uh, or on Facebook, just at Eric okay. Sanchez.
0: Email me, by the way, Sarah at HeyFrage.com. If you got a church, Sarah I want to come says, to your church and try it. Uh, you can follow me on social media, at Hayfrage on Insta on Twitter, Hey Phrase Show on Snapchat. Love you. We'll be back. Eric, you got to come hey, again. You were awesome.
1: I can't wait. Just Love tell it. me when.
0: Thanks, Eric. Take Bye, care, everybody. Everyone. Caltor for being an amazing sponsor of the Hay Fresh podcast. As you know, I love California tortilla. If you're planning and you need a catering event or you just want to go and enjoy delicious lunch, visit them at their 27 D.C. area locations or visit Caltor.com and you can order online. Freezers might be fine, but California tortilla is cool enough already. Stop in to one of Caltor's 27 locations, as I mentioned, and choose from more than 20 original recipes made in-house each day. And each made with delivered daily ingredients. Download their app or visit Caltort.com to learn more.
2: School shooting, Russian drone. I'm Tim McGuire with an AP News Minute. Police in San Bernardino, California say a man went into an elementary school classroom, shot and killed a woman, and wounded two students before killing himself. Police Captain Ron Moss says it does not look like the students were actually targeted. We believe the two children were the unfortunate recipients of injuries in, by being in proximity to the female at the time of the incident. The two are listed in critical condition. A senior official says the U.S. is certain Russia knew in advance a serious chemical weapons attack last week. The official says it took until today to confirm a Russian drone was flying over a hospital, treating those injured in the attack. Hours after the drone left, The hospital was bombed by a Russian-made jet. New Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch says he's proud to fill Antonin Scalia's seat. I won't ever forget that the seat I inherit today is that of a very, very great man. I'm Tim McGuire.